This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, great to have you here on this Friday. So Russia... Yes, we should be watching this. This is something that is not getting nearly enough attention. But uh, Russia is now using the rhetoric that a genocide's underway in eastern Ukraine. I guess they're using that as justification to invade the country. They've amassed um, almost 100,000 troops on the eastern border. There's 75,000 more on their way. And his original justification for an attack was that NATO's presence in Ukraine is a threat to Russia. And earlier this week, President Biden met with Vladimir Putin via video link, and the intention was to cool tensions. But uh, our NATO allies are now panicking in the region because during that meeting, uh, Biden announced that a Russian attack, um, you know, they would launch tough economic sanctions against Russia's economy. Right. Okay, it didn't stop it because today Putin made more demands, and that is a guarantee from NATO that it will cancel its 2008 commitment to Ukraine and Georgia that it can become a NATO member. And the U.S. has said, no, no, that's not up for negotiation. But Biden's already handed Putin a number of wins that seem to put Vladimir Putin in the driver's seat. And where is Canada in all of this? Nowhere. Zero. Not even paying attention. Marcus Kolga, senior fellow at McDonald Laurier Institute, founder of Disinfo Watch, and of course, an expert on all things Russia. Good to have you. Always a joy to be on with you, Alex. So you, you have been watching this for a while, but we seem to be kind of at this point where we could be uh, seeing uh, Russia launch this attack within the next couple of weeks. I think a lot of people are just shrugging their shoulders here and they look at this as just Russia spouting off rhetoric. And you say what? Uh, well, you know, I, I may have thought that as well a few weeks ago, but, you know, as you mentioned, uh, you know, there's, you know, every time we give this guy an inch, he takes a mile and he just keeps on going. He keeps on pushing. Um, the fact that he seems to be desperately seeking some justification to go to war, you know, now he's um, you know, before it was this that that Russia was a victim of NATO imperialism, that NATO was surrounding Russia, which is complete and utter nonsense. Um, the fact that he's now claiming that there's some sort of a, a genocide going on in parts of the of the Ukraine that his own separatist uh, Russian-backed terrorists uh, control, um, you know, it it smells like he's itching for for a fight, um, and it wouldn't surprise me um, if he. Uh, did actually attack uh, eastern Ukraine. Um, this is the the part of the country that's been pretty much under the control of these same Russian terrorists uh, since around 2014. And there's been a low sort of simmering conflict that's been going on there. Um, the Russian government keeps on supplying troops to these people, um, you know, surface air missiles, artillery, um, small arms, and they've, they've there's been shelling that's pretty much been going on every single day from the Russian side onto the Ukrainian side. And, um, you know, uh, Joe Biden as well. I mean, there's there's some reports. Um, they're, they're a little bit unverified, but there was some reports yesterday that uh, he would be when he talked to uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky, that he suggested to Zelensky that um, they might Ukraine may have to accept ceding territory in eastern Ukraine, giving it autonomy, which is a clear signal that 
you know, once it becomes autonomous, you know that Putin's going to move in. So it looks like, you know, Biden's positioning himself to basically give away that chunk of eastern Ukraine at this point. And, and Russia may use this opportunity in the coming weeks to, in fact, move troops in there, move, move their artillery, move their tanks in there and, and annex that portion of eastern Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, look, why wouldn't Putin uh, make his move now? You know, it, it seems that the West is um, seems like it's tripping over itself to figure things out. It doesn't want to take action. It's been distracted uh, with a lot of domestic issues. So, you know, if China and Russia want to make their moves, it is now. And clearly Russia has been amassing these troops over months and NATO hasn't really budged on it or even, you know, um, you know, noticed. So why why wouldn't he? This is his opportune time to, to take military action. Look, Putin's a brilliant guy. You and I have talked about this time and time again over the years, that one of his primary objectives is to uh, break apart NATO, to, um, to erode the cohesion that holds that transatlantic alliance together. And this is something that Canada really relies on as a, as a cornerstone mm. of our defense policy. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that you have Putin, who's dangling this uh, gas pipeline with the Germans. Uh, the Germans are, are more interested in cheap energy from Russia than defending democracy. Um, Canada, as you mentioned, is nowhere to be found on the scene. Uh, I have no idea what's going on. Um, yet we have a you know, fairly significant stake in the region. We've, we're leading the, the NATO enhanced forward presence in Latvia, which is a at-risk nation now. Um, you know, I wouldn't have said that a week ago, but um, after what, you know, We've seen uh, Biden's performance this week. I would say they're at risk. Mm. We have 200 trainers in Ukraine right now. We've invested a lot of money into Ukraine, into uh, reforming its economy and its government. The fact that we are absolutely nowhere. Um, you know, Joe, Joe Biden had said that he was consulting uh, with a, a number of, of partners. That means, you know, it's come out that it was the, the United Kingdom, Germany, France. And for some reason, Italy, I, I can't figure out for mm-hmm. the life of me why Italy is in that group. So it's basically the G7 minus Japan, which makes sense, but minus Canada, which doesn't make sense. And Canada, of course, is a NATO member. Um, you know, what's even you know, quite as, a, as, as an expert and an analyst, what's really shocking is that Joe Biden has told those same nations that they will be invited into a consultation about the future of NATO with Russia. Um, there isn't a single... NATO member who's bordering Russia that's invited, Poland's not invited, and Canada's not invited. So, you know, if we go back to uh, Vladimir Putin's objective of of tearing apart NATO, essentially, you know, it seems like NATO and Joe Biden are doing a pretty good job of that and uh, helping Putin uh, fulfill that objective. Uh, So, yeah, you know, with the world divided like this, um, with our attention scattered, uh, I, I... I feel terrible for the for the Ukrainians, for the Ukrainian president, because right now, at this moment, they are very much alone. Yeah, they are very much alone. And and, and I think Russia knows, certainly in Canada, that um, we have uh, a government in place that has no interest in foreign policy, zero interest in foreign policy. And you need only look to the new foreign affairs minister who is so out of her depth. And that's not me being cruel. She is out of her depth on this. Um, but the fact that NATO... Um, you know, excluded the fact that Biden didn't even place a phone call to Canada should be a much bigger story. And it hasn't as much as been a headline. I mean, it's staggering to me. I've spoken about it a couple of times on this show during the week, but it really isn't getting much attention. And when Canada is being cut out of things like NATO decisions or five I decisions, that tells you a lot. Well, you're, you're absolutely right, Alex. I mean, we're a, a, 
uh, one of the founding members of NATO. Um, and, and we take you know, a certain pride in, uh, in uh, Prime Minister Pearson's role in, in creating yeah. NATO. Um, yep. We've been part of it for a long time. And, and you're absolutely right. When, when, when Joe Biden decides to have a, a conference on the future of NATO, including Russia, but omitting Canada, you know, we have to we have to, you know, ask ourselves what's going on, what's going on in Ottawa? Why are mm-hmm. we being omitted from these sorts of discussions? Because these what happens in the coming days and weeks and say the next month or so with regards to Ukraine is going to set the geopolitical tone for the next decade, possibly more. This is one of those geopolitical watershed moments like we saw at the end of Cold War um, that we saw at the start of the Second World War. It's one of those moments that we're in right now. That's how important this is. And for Canada to be absent from the stage is not good. Well, we we essentially have someone in charge who is even weaker than than Chamberlain was. That's a scary thought. Well, um, you know, I've heard a lot of comparisons like that from very senior officials in Central and Eastern Europe. These people are worried. Um, you know, if you go from uh, even Finland in the north, who there's been signals that they're concerned, even though they're not in NATO, they're concerned about the lack of U.S. leadership right now and the, and the yeah. wavering that's going on from Finland all the way south through Central and Eastern Europe. All of those governments, all of those people are right now really concerned. They're extremely worried. We need global leadership. We thought that we would mm-hmm. get it with Joe Biden. It's not happening. Uh, you know, I would, I, I'm not a big, I never have been a big Trump fan. But, um, you know, I don't think anyone was expecting this sort of weakness from the United States um, right now. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully I, what I will say is that, you know, maybe there's, there's a strategy in place that we're not seeing. <laughs> and maybe it's brilliant. And let's, Maybe. let's hope that that's the case and that we're all wrong. And what we're seeing today is is just a part of some other larger process. Yeah, it, it's not in our interest, um, you know, for this to go wrong. And so this is not even like a partisan thing. This is, a, no. you know, the future of our, of our sovereignty and our democracies. And uh, so we'll keep watching that. All right, Marcus. Well, we will keep talking about it and keeping an eye on it. But I appreciate the latest on it. Anytime, Alex. Marcus Kolga joining us, founder of Disinfo Watch and, of course, uh, an expert on all things Russia. He has been waving the flags on this for months. Stay here with us. Alex Pearson on point, and this is Global News Radio.